0: This podcast is supported and sponsored by my good friends at Hunted. Now, did you know that research shows having a strong employer brand will reduce your time to hire by 50%, reduce your cost per hire by 50%, improve the retention of your staff by 28%, make candidates three times more likely to trust you, and double the number of qualified applicants? but developing a strong employer brand is not just about creating great content. What's even more important is getting that content seen as much and as often as possible. If you have a careers page, how do you actually drive traffic to it? If you have an Instagram account, how do you grow your following? If you're creating great content, like videos or podcasts or blogs, how do you actually get it seen by more of your target audience? Hunted is the place where recruitment brands can tell their story in a way no job post ever could. Learn what works, develop a sustainable employer brand strategy, and reach more recruiters than ever before with Hunted. And I've been working really hard on getting an exclusive deal for all of you guys, for recruitment rollercoaster listeners. Up until the end of June, the end of this month, you can get a huge 50% off their annual subscriptions. Use the code RollerCoaster50 and claim your profile today. I've had a sneak peek at what the Hunter team are up to, what they're working on, and trust me, you do not want to miss out on getting on this platform. Save money and use the amazing offer that all of you guys have access to. Claim your profile today. So the big question is this, how do the best recruiters and recruitment business owners ride the highs and lows of recruitment whilst ensuring they remain at the top? How do they stay consistent? How do they manage their time? How do they cultivate the correct mindset? And what are the best recruiters and recruitment businesses doing differently? These are the questions that all recruiters want to know the answers to. This is the podcast where I have real and honest conversations with some of the most talented recruitment professionals globally to uncover all their secrets. My name is Heisha Mazouz. Welcome to the Recruitment Roller Coaster Podcast. Welcome to the Recruitment Roller Coaster podcast. My name's Hisham Azuz. Today, I'm joined by Jay Gune, who is the Associate Director at Digital Gurus, who are a leading tech and digital recruitment business that are an international recruitment business. business. They have offices throughout the UK, in Australia and Dubai. And Jay works out of the Manchester office and currently manages a team of eight. Jay, thank you for joining me.
1: Thank
2: for the invite, champ.
0: Yeah, I've been looking forward to it. <laughs> um, obviously, we're in the set the scene, nice sunny day. We're indoors, recording this yeah. podcast remotely. Yeah,
2: I want to thank you for that, you know, choosing the hottest day of the year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> keeping know, me, sorry about that.
2: Keeping me locked up in the house. That's fine. That's cool. I, I won't keep you
0: too long, mate. Um, so look, where I always like to start in this podcast, Jay, is um how did Jay Gune enter the world of recruitment? Let's start there.
2: Yeah. Um so I I would say it was a lot more kind of premeditated or calculated than what say most recruiters would say when they get into okay. the industry. Like I don't subscribe to that, I fell into it. Like I knew I wanted to do it. Um, and it all kind of started in Cabos. I don't know if you are Cabos. Cabos. yeah. It's,
0: no, I mean, I did two seasons abroad in Magaluf, so I've probably right. got, got an idea. Same
2: level same yeah. level of nastiness, basically, right? Cabos, <laughs> Cabos 2011, there was five or six of us there. And we're all going off to go into our own separate things, So Well
0: after was, uni? Did you go uni?
2: Yeah, so I went hmm. to uni. But at the end of that, yeah, at the you know, end of uni, it's was the summer, so that's where we went for two weeks. And we're there, we're in the pool. And then um, I'm going off to, to Manchester to go do my master's degree. Uh, one of my best mates, Tommy, is going off to America, to New York to be this. He yeah, has a mad title, but he's going to be a headhunter. We're another guy chasing <laughs> a career, and I'll, I'll, I'll get into his title, mate. It's mental because he's trying to pick up girls a bit. But we'll get into that. But, um, yeah, we're another guy that's going off to do finance, another was joining the army. So we're all going off to do our own separate things. And then um, just listening to Tommy, because this is where it will come from listen to him, talk about recruitment and what it's about, how much money he's earning. And I was thinking, wow, like I'm going to go spend another two, three years in this master's degree. I'm going to probably have two or three jobs at once, working in KFC, Sports Direct, just try and make ends meet. And this guy's running around Manhattan doing what the hell he wants. Yeah. So, yeah, we kind of met up around, must be Christmas time later that year. he come back, you know, he, he's absolutely rolling it. And I'm working in this dungey bar back home. I'm just thinking, what is going on in my life? right? Uh, you know, i go back to uni. I'm in a lab coat, I've got goggles on. I've got, <laughs> I've, I've got pipettes. I'm thinking, this isn't really me. Like, I love, I mean, it was, it was a genetics degree, just to get that in there. Yeah. But um, I love all that stuff. But I just thought, this isn't really me. Like, right. So it just, you know, listen to Tommy and the sort of things that he was getting up to. And I just thought, you're good at it. All right, but the way me and you've been brought up, I've always been better than you at state football or whatever. That yeah, was yeah, like, well, yeah. If you're good at it, I'm also going to be good at it, and I'm going to be better yeah. than you. Don't worry, Love I'm that. doing it. Love that. That was it. So yeah, it kind of comes towards the end of my masters, and I thought, right, I'm going to go for it now. And um that's when I ended up at Oscar. Okay, um, my first recruitment job as a trainee
0: Okay, so so obviously you had an interesting insight into recruitment, which was all the good stuff. let you can have loads of cash. I'm smashing it. What what was Tommy's title then? Because they got some mad titles in America, man. He's like vice president or something.
2: He, he did, I think he I think he's that now. But um, he started off as a high frequency I don't know high frequency retained headhunter <laughs> uh, ah. Present entry of technology. I, was, I I I don't know. It was a mad mad title, and I, I just remember seeing him walking up to people saying, "Yeah, I'm this, I'm that," and I'm just walking. Oh god! Although I think you're a dickhead. Like, yeah, yeah. I do. I do admire that because you yeah, yeah. are
0: something, like a nice. Yeah, guy. yeah, Okay. So, wanting to get into um, recruitment, yep. I guess. How did you then end up? What like applying for a Retsarac or like what? How did you end up at Oscar? Did you have a friend there or like how did you end up there?
2: No. So, where was I? I was at uni. I was at uni in Manchester at the time. And I bumped into this guy in this night out. He worked at a company called Red Pepper, Rector Rec. Okay. Just just got talking over some beers and he goes, again, selling me the dream of recruitment. And yeah. he goes, right, I know a, few, know a few businesses. Here we go. And it just kind of went from there, really, popped me into Oscar and, you know, never really looked back, I guess.
0: Nice. So just to set out for everyone, you then worked at Oscar for, was it five years or just under five years? Yeah, um,
2: I think it was about four, just over four, yeah.
0: Four years. So real, real solid stint for your first job in recruitment. Mm -hmm. um and then obviously more recently been working at digital gurus for coming up obviously three years um so just to set the scene so just quickly on that so at oscar that four-year journey from what i can see online it was the typical join as a consultant talent consultant whatever to sort of bidding leader or being manager role by the time you left yeah um okay cool so where i always like to sort of uncover is like so jay heard about tommy and his sort of experience so i'm sure that you backed yourself and you're like you know what I'm, I'm well up for this i'm up for earning the cash paying off the student debt what was what was the first year like do you know what it was easy i say easy that, that, <laughs> that, that, that no it wasn't
2: easy like the money was very good it it come very yeah. naturally to me i should probably say don't okay. get me wrong so apologies if you can hear banging that my, my
0: little, that's my little voice <laughs> that's okay no worries this um, is part of it so first yeah. year so it wasn't obviously look, you hear all the stories right it's difficult of course of course so, of so course. but but so okay let, let's talk about that then so why looking back so first was you contract perm what was the yep yeah, yep yeah.
2: so um i started off as a resource consultant so just trying to fill jobs that my manager had on contract.
0: Was complete delivery yeah. contracts, yeah.
2: Yeah, but you know what? That was such a good insight into recruitment because you know how quick contract recruitment is. Yeah. It was it was IT technology. It was very very buoyant, very very quick. We had lots of clients, and you know I was being pulled pillar to post. I was busy. You know I was there. You know half seven eight o'clock in the morning to ten o'clock at night, probably three times a week, four times a week. And
0: I loved it <laughs> yeah.
2: because you know I was getting the results straight away. Luckily, you know, I know it works a bit different for so, most us. But... So,
0: so that first year was it just just quickly was it you stay complete delivery? You won focus on winning clients or winning projects?
2: No, so I think it was three months in. Um, no, sorry, two months in. I that manager actually left. Uh, I still keep in contact with him now actually, um, and I joined another manager. I was with him for four weeks, uh, and then I think I went consultant full three hundred and sixty consultant
0: what 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 was the timeline sorry just three months from being a
2: trainee to a consultant or four months
0: well and then so four months in you then had to do bd get clients
2: yeah so i mean the way also do things they introduce you to the bd side pretty early on you know once you've kind of mastered that candidate side so um you know, always be closing managing people for a process once you can kind of document and evidence that you can do that they then introduce you into the bd side uh, um, and being sat with managers and you know 30 40 other recruiters in the room you you just naturally kind of hear how people do it you've got a yeah. training scheme there as well so you're doing things in practice uh, mm. so it's it's quite it's quite a good transition
0: yeah yeah okay mm. so looking back then Jay why why do you think you, you was able to pick it up quite quickly or why do you think it was able to be quite effective quite quickly do you think looking back
2: uh, my goals were were very clear. Um, I needed money, basically. He was very uh, motivated. Very, very motivated around money. I I knew I needed X amount of money to do X, Y, and Z. And at the time, that was buy a car. That was buy a house. I know these are probably things that people hear, think oh, I've heard that a million times. Yeah. And and you're right. But if you nail down truly into the motivations, like how hard, you know, how much you really want that that's when you're probably getting the right recruiting i suspect i don't know but yeah no i knew exactly what i wanted um and you know luckily i had a very good manager at the time and he he broke it down for me he said okay so if you want a house how much are you looking to spend on the house now I live in manchester so it's not london prices right so i was like 200k whatever. okay so what what does the deposit need to look like for you jay okay well probably 15 percent. okay you need 30 grand jay right how do i get 30 grand kev how do i do it and then um, you just go from there. Mm.
1: Um, you
0: know that's really interesting. Um, so very early on, you really reverse engineered what you needed to do.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I didn't do it out of my own mind. You know, I, I had some help in getting to that. you know, how do I achieve that? Absolutely, and it's and I think it's something that I've laid out to the guys that I've trained and
0: yeah you know, I, mm. I, I think that's awesome. I think that's great because mm. it's it's very easy to say that, as you said, Jane. Like, yeah, I want a home. I want to buy my first property. Blah blah blah. But and then it's the that next level where you know each week or what the actual numbers are, what the actual outputs or activity or actual outcomes that you need that's mm. going to get you there. Um, yeah. What, so what did you end up building in your first year then? Remember?
2: Yeah, first year was 200 pretty much in the nose. Really? Yeah. Not bad, bad, is it? Yeah, I've never really done much more to be fair. <laughs> uh, so really? look, look, I'm, I'm not the world's best recruiter, but 200K, you know, it's, it's, it's a solid number on perm.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No. Well, i thought that was contract though that first year no,
2: no so for the first month two months i started off on contract resource and i moved over to perm oh sorry for
0: a month sorry, and then realize.
2: sorry yeah sorry so I, you know i've always been a perm 360 consultant
0: okay so that's interesting then actually so just got in the thick of it on the contract side candidate delivery and then transition to permanent okay cool I, I didn't realize that that's interesting sorry yeah no okay so j- just quickly before we move on how much of an impact did your environment have on Jay, the recruiter, do you think like what at looking back, anything that maybe you heard that had a big impact on you or certain advice that you received quite early on that had a big impact on you. I love the fact that sort of you had a manager that actually really broke down what your goals are. I think that's awesome, but anything else looking back? Cause I think that's like, I think that's going to be interesting with the time right now. Like if you think about Jay, Jay, Gune, the person that's really motivated come out of uni joins a recruitment business tomorrow it's going to be way more difficult to soak up like everything that's going around from your office at home or in your bedroom do you know what i mean so like what how much of an impact do you think that that, that environment had on you
2: uh, i i would say it had a big impact i think you know and, and i appreciate this is why maybe some recruiters right now working remotely are somewhat struggling um In that environment, I was surrounded by people who maybe like minded, maybe had different motivations, but it all centered around getting money to go and enable them to do things. And I think when you have that common goal, um, there is that team mentality. You're all sat there till eight, nine, ten o'clock at night thinking, I don't want to be here. I'd rather be in the boozer down there or up the cup up there, whatever that looks like. But, you know, it's the longer term goal here. So we're doing this for a reason. Mm. We're, here, we're here saturday resourcing getting leads getting references to go and chase our BD for the following day and the following week what that looks like um, so yeah I think there's that commonality and we so at Oscar we we did have a training academy so it wasn't just you that was the trainee you probably yeah that helps that that. yeah that's what I mean so you know we probably all end up going down to the boozer at 10 o'clock at night for last orders or whatever that looks like so mm. that really helped that togetherness
0: well, what was the best piece of advice you think you got Early on, best piece of advice. Yeah, in that first year, do you mm,
2: think? I think it was just look. Things will get difficult. Things will get hard, but just just remember why you're here. Mm. Um, and I think that's always kind of stuck with me mm. um, because you know I know what it's like. You could be sat there thinking. Sometimes you're working. I'm sure you get it as well. Hishin, where you just think you hit a bit of a wall and you think, What am I doing? Yeah, yeah. You start you. You start reconsidering things like we all have that little blip we think. Mm. Mm. But I think as long as you kind of think back to why am I in this game? Why am I doing this?
0: And what was your why then? Just it was as simple as I want to buy a home on these things. That that were, were they your sort of anchor points.
2: Yeah, look, I mean, look, I'm not going to hit you with a sob story or anything like that. <laughs> right? It's a bit. That's a bit painful, but. I've, I've never had money. You know, We've my family have always done all right, but we've never had money to go and do things. And, you know, I, I've never gone on like a, even a three-star holiday, to be honest. Yeah. But I have been on holiday, so I've not been treated badly. Um. So I wanted to go and do these nice things in life, but I genuinely wanted to, and I was willing to work hard for it. Um, the house goal, you know, I, I just wanted that under me ASAP. And I think, what oh, was I, 25, 26, 25 when I bought my house? Yeah. I've always driven bangers as well
1: like <laughs>
2: embarrassing yeah. bangers and like working in recruitment yeah my friends heard you know what the sort of money i was earning and i'd remind them but then i'd turn up in a voxel Vectra, and they're like
0: <laughs>
2: what, 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 what's this you know so the next thing the next goal was let's get let's get the car let's make sure that's at a level yeah,
0: so yeah, yeah. there enough. was
2: always things yeah
0: yeah no i love that so Going into year two, then was the path for Jay still very much billing consultant, and that was what you was focusing on? Or when did you start taking on some leadership responsibilities?
2: I think I think maybe seven months in into being, or sorry, maybe six months into being a consultant. Yeah, so I've been at Oscar maybe nine months at this point. Okay, um, I was given an intern. Um, just, I'm sure it was just a bit of PR. To be honest with you, but also <laughs> just to, just to get a bit of interest into the recruitment world, right? You know, so
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of well, do you sort of like mentor them? And absolutely, yeah. So um, you know, she
2: she sat with me every day, and we put her through her, um, our training academy. Um, because all right, okay, it's recruitment, but there's many more skills that you learn in this game, just general life skills. So yeah, I had her for three months, um, I've done a done a good job with her. So I was then entrusted to have a my first training, my first official training.
0: Really. Yeah. So that happened quite early on then. So is that something that you was you wanted? Like
2: I, I've always known that I've wanted to go into management. Like Really? There's there's nothing more that pleasures me than seeing someone that I've kind of nurtured and brought through go and do well. There's nothing really? better. Yeah. Well better than you, Billy. i I would love it if they do better than me. Like my ideal, yeah, is that we go and hit target. So let's just say twenty k a month for me, all right. But then they will go to do twenty thousand one hundred quid or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. As long as if they do more than me and I hit target, you know that's it. I'm 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 sleeping well. Put it
0: that way. It's interesting, isn't it? Why do you think that is? Because like to get to that to get to that point, it will Jay had to focus on Jay. Do you know what I mean? But then to sort of really get that and it's a really common thing that you hear but to get that real buzz from other people when typically it's yeah like you're you're putting in the work and it's sort of um appreciating the work that you put in and the results that you get but it's so common that you say that so I just think that's interesting
2: well, I tell you, that's, I guess the way I position it right do you do you play sport football anything or
0: have yeah, you? Yeah. yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah so let's just say it's the cup final right you're injured you can't play but your team go out there and they win like are you sad are you are you upset or are you Buzzing because we've won the cup. Yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. You're buzzing. You're buzzing, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. and that's how I apply it to this. Mm. You know, if you if you lot are winning, I'm winning. Yeah, that's how that's how okay. I look here.
0: So, I think a common challenge that people face, NJ, is is the sort of transition or that experience or that learning of. Okay, right. I'm 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 pretty decent but I back myself to do that. I'm confident with that. But now I've got someone else to be responsible for. My target's still the same. So what, what was that transition like? How difficult was that? Um, that?
1: That
2: wasn't easy, but I would say the naivety. I, I didn't know anything different. So it was what it was. Um, but yeah, it certainly had its challenges. Um, but again, you know, I think because we did have a training academy, so there was all that theoretical stuff going on in the background that did maybe alleviate some yeah. of my time but don't get wrong you know they're sat with you nine hours a day um so it's hard so you have to make sure that you've got enough pipeline yourself um i think what helps is initially when you bring on a trainee well from from my experience when you bring on the trainee they typically work your roles um so they're out they, they are actually probably adding benefits to you in the first yeah, yeah. Maybe so two
0: was that, three weeks so yeah so you get them on obviously delivery and supporting yeah. the role yeah the roles that you pulled, yeah. pulled.
2: And I think what what helps is as well from from their perspective, so that they're bought in is they're seeing success very, very quickly. And they think, wow, okay, so like the hype is real. You can earn money very, very quickly. Yeah. Brilliant. And this and this looks easy. <laughs> and it does, you know, if you look at recruitment from afar, it does look very easy. It looks like a couple of emails and a couple of phone calls and you know, you're earning some good money. So I think from to kind of experience that early on, and I must see my old MD which you say it to me, you make sure you get a few deals in early doors make them feel the love, make them see the dream.
0: Mm. Okay. So then what did you then grow that team further then? Or what did the, what did the sort of finished product look like? In yeah.
2: So, so I bought, I bought my first trainee through, uh, and the kind of model that we had was you dump them onto your patch, your vertical, uh, and then you kind of progress them to something else. Then you bring in another trainee, dump them onto that. just keep building frustrating. Okay, just, just quickly.
0: Sorry, just quickly. Sorry to buy him. no, because I think that would be a lot of people, how they approach it. What was, because I'm sure you got better at this. What was like, what was the things that had to be in place or where did you have to get to for you to go, right, let's get on to the next place. Or let's get someone dedicated to that, to then move on to the next thing. Like, did you have to get, have X amount of clients? Did you have to be billing X amount? What was a sort of trigger point or milestone that, you had to work towards to go, right, let's get another person in and I'll start focusing this other sort of vertical that I've already identified. What yeah. what was the sort of trigger point?
2: Yes, yeah, that's, that's a good question. I don't think there was an official trigger point. I think, you know, as long as you're you know at a profitability level that is sustainable for maybe bringing on someone that's going to cost you X amount of money for X amount mm. of time, then you could probably say, right, let's let's take that associated risk. But I think I think we well we were well primed for it. Um, when we were junior managers, so we knew it was always going to happen that we're going to bring on other people. So when you're considering that, you're always trying to look at other other towns, other cities or whatever's in your vertical to try and build that up.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: so... It, Like, what in your head, what was you like? Right, if I get, like, I don't know if there was anything, but like, I know, like, there's not been the exact science, but if you were like, right, if I get X amount of clients that we've done X amount of placements with, like, was you looking for that sort of stuff to, for you to be confident enough to be like, right, it's got someone on, deliver it?
2: Yeah, there there definitely to be some sort of confidence that, because we normally, although we try and keep to a tech stack, because we do technology recruitment. Yeah. You've done technology recruitment. um, It was geographically driven as well. So I think, so just to give you some context, I think it makes it easy to answer the question. So I used to do the Midlands patch. Now, Midlands is a huge geographic area. You've got Birmingham, you've got Leicester, Derby, Nottingham. Yeah. Straight away, you can probably split that into three just geographically. So I think as long as you have maybe two or three you know, reliable clients that you know yeah. can probably you know pigeonhole 20, 30K a year out of them, you know that's going to be circa, what, 60 to 100 grand, guaranteed. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, you know, yeah. You know that they're going to be okay sat on that. So I think there's... Like I said, there was no official trigger point. Yeah, 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 okay. I think as long as your BD was at that sort of level, yeah, it all made sense.
0: And then, so then, and then, what did it? What did that then get to? Then, as you built that out before you left, what did it get to?
2: Yes. So my my career was interesting, Oscar. Like I was very driven to kind of do more and more and more. And what that meant is I kept on saying to my MD, I was like, "Let me do this patch. Let me do that patch. Give me more. Give me more." and ultimately you know we've spoke about this since ultimately it probably just shoot me a little bit in the foot because i never really got to grow my team to you know 10 20 30 people because of that
0: um, why did you always want more did jay just want to be winning business is that what is that what you loved then
2: yeah yeah i, I was a bit of an emotional beast back then um, and really? i think you know in hindsight was i really truly ready for management probably not because you know there was always that feeling of fucking yeah I've got to give up half my patch here what's that about I'm going to lose x amount of revenue like what a nightmare but I wasn't seeing the bigger picture and to be fair they've done they've done right by me they kind of give me a little bit to kind of go out and go do something else but I did eventually move on to IT support infrastructure and started leading that team and that I think that was about 10 strong at some point maybe nine or ten strong um but that wasn't really organic that was I took that's what you inherited people Inherited five people, and then grew it by another five.
0: Really, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, what did um, people always interest in this? And I was getting messages about this, Jay. So, like, I'm assuming before that point, team of five or bigger, or whatever. So, like, did you still have like what was your role then? Was it to bring on clients, win business, help feed the team, help that, or was it just was it you was you non billing at that point, or have you was you always billing?
2: I was. I was that horrible billing manager it's the hardest role in recruitment i don't care what anyone says don't care if you're the ceo it's it's the hardest role in my opinion
0: yeah um
2: so yeah i I was still a billing manager Uh, so
0: how and the question is sorry to button, in mate is just like how did you maintain because like you but you will put like clearly you're someone that will put that pressure on yourself you know what you're capable of you know what you can do Mm. How did you maintain your billings, or did you maintain your billings when you inherited that team or you're, you're growing the different patches or whatever? Like, how did you ensure you did that? How did you structure your day? Like, what, what were you doing on a daily basis, weekly basis, to ensure you gave yourself the best possible chance of d- doing what you needed to do?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I was on the team every morning eight o'clock okay i know we start at half eight guys but where are we up to where's business up to you know i used to deploy i think yeah well, i think they did as a business to be fair like a tracker system so okay yeah so you've got x amount of clients on right now where are you up to with this job okay interview talk to me about the candidates where are they up to talk to me about their other interviews why do you think they're going to get a job so i'd be all over them from that perspective trying to
0: eight, So it out. what eight in the morning well between eight and half eight you know if okay. you've got a team of ten it's going to take a bit of time yeah so yeah, you go through all that yeah yeah yeah
2: and then that will then give me more time to go and do my stuff but you know i think at the time and you know running a team of nine ten people i think i had a trainee beside of me so you know i won't like that was very very difficult but again you know i referred to it at the start i didn't know any different
0: i just thought yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So it, to...
2: yeah so i couldn't sit there and get you know get lemon about it or get annoyed it was just it's just what you do mm. um so yeah it, it, it wasn't easy. Um, but I, I'm able to give myself enough time to still do my own things. And luckily, you know, my client portfolio was large enough to help sustain me, I guess.
0: Did your, did your first, so was your first year your best year then at Oscar?
2: Mm, no, I think second or third, I can't remember. They, they all stayed around two, 250.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. So I guess j- just quickly before we move on to a like lot more recently, which I'm keen to do, mm. back then maybe you can obviously refer to this now because you might have applied it or whatever, but what do you wish you knew about management before you got into it?
2: (laughs) Um, How to separate yourself from being friends with, you know, your consultants, your your colleagues into being that that person that is, you know, not just kind of trying to drive the guys forward or anything like that, but having to be that arsehole at times and you know that that was one thing that I really did struggle with like really did I've got some very you know some of my best mates work ask I still do um so that that was very difficult
0: so yeah so yeah like so if you were really sort of taught and nailed down on right Jay yes that's okay and it's a positive that you can build a good rapport good relationships with your people and they know you've got your back and that may mean that you may be seen as a friend at time, but Jay, make sure that there's people know where the line is or know that, look, we are friends, but th- when I do this or when I say this, blah, 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 this is like, that's that's the manager in me. That's what needs to be done.
1: Yeah,
2: abs- absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what I had to learn. And I probably learned it the hard way at times. Mm. Um, but I know the directors were certainly on on my back about that to say you need to start stepping away from it. And it, you know, it got to the point where you know, I stopped kind of going on certain nights out and things like that. Cause I, you know, I couldn't be seen, you know, to be getting
0: really? <laughs> pissed out pissed out the head or <laughs> or whatever. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So joined Digital Gurus. So obviously good, good career there. Um So Digital Gurus then, so you've been there for two and a bit years. And then did you join them straight as a billing manager again or what was the yeah just give me a bit of context yeah
2: yeah yeah so I mean the reason why I wanted to leave Oscar was just purely because I was bored of contingent recruitment spot business and I was adamant that I had to go and learn things about MSP RPO retain business elsewhere the reality is I could have done it there but I just you know once you've got something set in your head I had to get out and I was I was big on branding (laughs) um I thought if you had a better brand it would be better or easier to win business, you'd be um, maybe treated a little bit differently. So, yeah, so I joined Digital Gurus. It was like the obvious choice for me at the end of it. And, um, yeah, I joined as, as a bidding manager again, um, relatively small team at the start. but
0: So just quickly, because mm. I think it's interesting, I haven't sort of spoken about this for a little while. Um, don't have to, like, appreciate being honest on the reasons for leaving, I love that. But I guess, like, you know, you know how it is, Jay. Like, if you're a recruiter and you've got two years, three years, even like you had four years experience, you are valuable property, mate. And you'd be getting hit up left, right, and center and from rec to Rex, Like, Jay, i got this opportunity for you, blah, 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 right? Mm-hmm. So I guess, obviously, I know you said that the Digital Guru was, a, was an obvious choice. But as you said, like, it can be really quite difficult to know what's out there or what the other alternatives are what to compare things to if you just work to one agency, right? It can be really quite daunting to make the right role. And t- yeah. like, typically, I'm sure you've seen it when you interview people for your team or previously that you see a lot of people on sort of LinkedIn or their CV where they might work to Oscar or whatever business for two years, three years, leave, and leave, end up working there for a couple of months and they're at another agency or whatever because it's not quite what you hope. So I guess like great position that you're in nearly three years there. So obviously a, a great choice. But I guess what were some of the things that you really thought about or sort of helped you make a better decision during that period? Because no doubt your head would, would get turned a lot. Do you know what I mean? So like, I don't know. What were some of the things that were really important? So you mentioned there that branding or a business that really sort of focused on retained or whatever. But what, what did you do to looking back? Like, What were some of the things that you really looked for or made sure that you were, were the case when you are looking for your next role as you were progressing?
2: Yeah. So when I when I left Oscars, but yeah, it was for the right reasons. And I think if you are looking at another opportunity, you have to understand what's right for you. Now, sometimes you don't know what that is, and yeah, yeah. I, fully, I fully accept that. But I think you have to try and tune into what what's right for you. So what was right for Jay at the time was I wanted to learn more. I wanted to learn different types of recruitment. It was not just about contingent spot business. I want to learn about retain the business i want to learn about different solutions and have the i guess the freedom um and training to, to, to kind of go and deliver that and i think when i looked out to the market because that was my primary focus yeah um, and okay. there was i think there was th- there was three businesses that i kind of come across that were really pushing that yeah uh, and then i thought second yes yeah, secondarily like what else is important to me and like I say, it's it's brand. It's is this an attractive brand? If I was a if I was a software developer or a web developer or digital marketer, what whatever that looks like, who would I be more inclined to to contact or maybe take a call off if I knew who that person works for? And the other brands were I, I would maybe call corporate. And that's fine. That's absolutely perfect. You know, the brand I used to work for was a bit more like that. Um, but I just felt for me the brand was just a bit it, it just Sat a bit better with me. It made me feel a bit more comfortable, if you will. I think it suited my approach to things.
0: And just out of interest, how did you then look for that in the interview process? Because, like, you like, do you know what I mean? Because, like, you can look at it on the face of it, blah blah blah. But what yeah, was yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? What were some of the important things that? you tried to look for or made sure that you understood or whatever, like before you made that decision to leave a a job that you obviously knew how to do. You had good, good people around you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like what were some of the important things that made you more confident about choosing that?
2: Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. So I I think I posed a question to the three bits that I did interview Um, If you was, let's just say I was a client. Okay. And I said to you, why should I choose you to work with you? Like, what's different about you compared to every other agency? Like, give me your answer to that. And to be fair, all three businesses were, you know, in terms of what they're trying to do, which is a bit different. I was like, okay, right, you, you all tick that box. Um, so that was the first thing. Get them to sell it. Yeah, to that's me. a good question yeah and i think you know if it aligns fantastic mm. like you can always get sold the dream can't you and yeah, yeah, yeah. no i think out. i think yeah it's i smart. think
0: that's a great question to ask isn't it i think yeah. someone just quickly before you move on so, just because it really resonated the pod, a podcast i did um yesterday with um mm. fucking hell, i forgot his name um
2: yeah but he
0: it's so the way that the way that he coined it which i thought was really good is jay tell me what your unfair advantage is
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: It's good. that's a great way to put that in there I think that was off as class um, yeah, no, but yeah go on, go on sorry. so you asked that that's that's a great question to ask
2: yeah um, and for me at that point I think the digital guru's answer was you know and it's not just words you know you can actually substantiate your claim as well yeah, like you yeah, can, yeah, you can say whatever the hell you want really but you need to substantiate it and they definitely could um, I think secondarily well if primarily secondary I'm what I'm gonna call it, I don't know it's the people like i left an environment where it was very much rah sales and that's great you know i love that cool but do i want to employ people into that environment it's not everyone's gonna do well in that environment other people do well in other environments so um the people is very much important to me and you know i got to know the guys the squads at dg and yeah, they're good guys. Hmm.
0: Um, I think that's awesome. fair. Like Jay, the recruiter at the beginning of his career, to four or five years down the line, is different, right? And what you want, and the environment, and the people you want to be around, is it's, it's different, right? And and changes. So, okay. The name of that person, James Blackwell. I've got to put that in there because I feel so bad if I didn't say that. James Blackwell, unfair advantage. Fucking love that. Okay, so, <laughs> a bit, so move to digital gurus then. And was it the same sort of market? Was like what was the crack with that? Was it? Did you then have to learn a new market? Did you have to do a different niche? What, what was the? What did you end up focusing on there?
2: Yeah, so different market in terms of geography. So uh, okay. the Manchester office, we only really do Manchester and Leeds. We just stick to the north. Um, yeah,
0: but the same sort of job titles and businesses yeah
2: yeah yeah same same kind of tech stacks um but you know when you move businesses you have covenants coming out your backside so you know i couldn't take anything with me if you were already candidates so in a way it's a completely different market so because it was geographically completely different
0: Mm. and did you inherit a team then was that the
2: yeah so immediately i think i would get three people i think it was that were very much gone you're gonna say something no right so there's three people that kind of i guess lined up exactly as to what I do what I recruit for so it just makes sense to, to
0: and how how experienced were they
2: one was probably six months at a time the other one was probably in tech recruitment maybe nine months to a year okay and the other lads probably about the same probably about yeah, nine months. no
0: no what was just coming to mind Jay was that what what did what did Jay do when he joined to make sure that you're not that new manager on the block coming into a new bit. Do you know what I mean? Because I think that's also something to be, that can be quite daunting as well, isn't it? Like that you're going to um, inherit a team like, because yeah, gone from Oscar, everyone knows who I am, mates with most people, blah, blah, blah. Like, how did you, what was your mindset going into that?
2: No swagger. I didn't walk in there saying I'm the big man. I, I can do this. I can do that. Um, first thing I don't want you now, I just wanted to prove myself. Um, I'll always give advice if you ask for it, I'm not going to force it on you. Yeah. Um, I just go in there showing what I can do initially, even though the job title's there and, you know, officially there's lines of people reporting into me. It it doesn't matter. I've, I've seen people come into businesses trying to be the big I am and, you know, unfortunately, that generally doesn't work from what I've seen from my experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so your
0: mentality was very much that right. Let's go in there, prove my stripes. Not, not sort of push how I do things on anyone, and be open because I think that that can be a real big challenge from a hiring perspective. Of, oh, is Jay going to understand how we do it here at Digital Gurus? Is he going to be open minded how we do, it or is he going to turn around to us and go, look, I've done always like this, Oscar? Like I know yeah, what yeah. I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Did that, did that come quite natural to you then? Yeah. I
2: mean, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Don't get me wrong. There was things that maybe we, we done at my previous business that was different to what we do here at Digital Gurus. Um, but I only see that as a positive because there was things that we've done at Oscar are absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, there's things that we've done at DG previously that weren't very good. So I think if you can marry the two up and um, you get a bit of a sweet middle ground don't you? Yeah. And yeah. I think that was kind of my goal there, if you will, just to kind of bring that, that happy medium. How did you do that
0: first year then, Jay?
2: My first year was was a strange year you, to be honest. you. Yeah. I think. Well, firstly, I have my I have my little man. Really? Born? Yeah, I think he was born what four months after I, I can't even remember how I joined now. Right, September October. 20, yeah, so he's born about six months after I joined, um, but in the same time periods. Um, the regional director who I joined under, she was also heavily pregnant. Really? Um, and she went on maternity leave. So I actually moved into this like interim regional director role for six months. So wow. all the pipeline I built up, everything kind of, you know, didn't fall through or anything like that. But you kind of it had to go out the window.
0: Lost your it was focus. What, yeah, you had to focus on that other thing of different priorities. 17, 18 people there. Yeah, that was something to try and lead
2: and manage and everything else that comes along with that. Um, so that was certainly learning curve
0: should we what, say what was what was most challenging about that so i think i said at the start when did you did um, you want did you want that role by the way
2: yeah yeah i'm i'm career driven like you know some people say oh i'm not really asked about titles i am right,
1: of course
2: <laughs> I, I am. <laughs> Maybe. I, i'll i be the janitor but give me the md title i'll, I'll be cool with it yeah. but um no I, I am career driven so to kind of do, do, did I think I was ready to do something like that and do an amazing job? <laughs> Probably, not. Nah. Do you know what? Honestly, no. But you know what? I'll give it a good go. But yeah. I think my potential issue was I was six months in. Yeah, I have pr- proved my stripes. I've shown that I can do the job well. I think my team had grown to maybe six at the time or something like that. And, you know, people bought into what I could do. But it's very early to say, right, okay, yeah, yeah, the yeah. that's joined. thats You know, he's now... <laughs> like
0: managing the master office, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was
2: very, very conscious of that. Um, but again, you know, I think everyone's very, very different. So you can't hit people with the same brush. You can't treat everyone the same. You can't, you certainly can't manage them the same. So I think that's where I really built up some strong relationships with people. Try to understand what they're really about. What's their drivers? What's their motivators? Why are you here? What do you want to do? Um, you know, where, where do you struggle with your business right now? How mm. can I help you? And um, yeah, you know, I, I think that's what kind of really helped me move up the food chain a little bit.
0: Mm, That's awesome. And uh, fair play on you just putting your hat in the ring on that, especially six months into a new business as well. Right. Absolutely love that. Uh, That's that's no joke. I guess it might have been internally or whatever, but would like, did you, did you seek help when you wanted it or needed it? Like, uh, do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, look, you never be too proud to ask for help. Um, You know, I'm I'm not that guy. If you ask me a question, I don't know the answer. I'm not going to blag you most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'll certainly go and try and find the an answer and I think the best way to find an answer is to to call in someone that has the knowledge. So, you know, there was times when um, our Birmingham director would come up and, you know, maybe once once a week just to kind of help with things, alleviate some of the pressure that was on me. Um, yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. So, and then, and then, so then, did you end up then going back back to the team that you was at after or what? how did that then sort of, End up turning out.
2: Yeah, so I mean, within a few months of that finishing, once uh, once Tony the regional director came back, within a few months I was then promoted to to what I am now, associate director. So that's about a year into being there, I guess. Um, so yeah, so fu- I think fundamentally, um you know, my my remit now is to ensure that we hit you know thirty percent EBIT. That's that's all I have to try and achieve. So,
0: well, What do you mean by your
2: team? Yeah, so it's so my division, yeah, so eight people. Um, but also offer yeah, support and leadership to the other side as well and all the rest of it.
0: So when you say 30%, you're talking about EBITDA? Sorry, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, sorry, it's all about
2: profitability. So we have to keep you know, above a the line. There's a few reasons why, but, you know, essentially I was kind of giving freedom. Okay, Jay, you can go and bill and do a number and get your team to where they need to be Or embrace them, try and bring them on more, get them to do more, and you win the business, whatever that looks like, and get them to that number, if not higher. So that was the route that I opted for. Um, I still posted, you know, an all right number last year, and yeah.
0: Why did you opt for that route?
2: Why? Because there's no for me there's there's no sustainability in me just going ahead being a lone wolf and going and win a load of business and go fill it all myself like that's great for me that's great for jay but i'm here to grow a team i'm here to Mm. kind of go up the food chain right one day i want to be a managing director of a business if i'm just going to have this single-minded approach as an entrepreneur okay that works but if you're looking at growing a team for me it doesn't work Mm. um Okay, so yeah, that, that's why I opted for it. You know,
0: how much how much did it help you understand what like that's really I love how they communicated to you like like Jay, this is this is how profitable we you want your team to be. That you don't normally hear billing managers say this is what this this is the number we need to hit for our EBITDA. You don't normally hear that. Do you know what I mean? How how did that help you?
2: How did it help? Well, I think it just it it kind of ingrains you in the business, doesn't it? Because you're mm. being the business being very open with you around numbers profitability yeah so then all of a sudden you feel like you have a real strong allegiance to this business they're being very open view. um and yeah. i think with that you you then accept accountability uh, which is a very very powerful word in recruitment i'm sure you know yeah um so yeah like i know what our division or um our, our office needs to hit in order to do x y and z so
0: yeah that's awesome i think that i think that's that's really interesting that i think because again it does get you in thinking as a business rather than jay and my team do you know what i mean when you're oh, yeah, talking absolutely. about numbers like that, I think I think that's really um, interesting. So j- just just quickly, um, Jay, what I guess what what I'd like to sort of just think about for a sec. Two things. One, one of the most common things I get asked about Jay's business business development, because um, mm-hmm. that that can be one of the areas that, that's really challenging for a lot of people. Um, obviously you have obviously been leading people and, and teams for a little while now, so I guess from your perspective what what are the typical sort of pitfalls recruiters make that you see that struggle with business development do you think
2: good question so i think there's a there's probably a few elements and again i probably just provide a bit of context to help answer that question because i can just talk about my own pitfalls um i would say right earlier in my career uh Relationship building, although it was extremely important, wasn't really the emphasis. It was all about slap wallet, bam, pal, get the sale, get the sale, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. get the job.
2: Um, Absolutely. Uh, And that's great. But longer term, uh, I'm sure you'll get onto the COVID (laughs)
1: situation
2: (laughs) because it it relates to this. Um, Longer term, if you're not building those relationships, there's no sustainability or longevity. Mm. So I would say building relationships were probably – the thing that i maybe should have concentrated a bit more earlier on um in terms of bd i think mm. that's where people probably you know and again i can't talk for everyone but just from what i've witnessed what i've experienced like if i went onto my phone book now right and let's not do this by the way but if i just kind of flicked onto someone and i gave that person a call i could probably tell you the name of their dog or something like that right? yeah, okay that's for me that's the sort of thing you need to try and be
0: getting into because that was be, that was gonna be my next question, Jay. How can you how can you measure if you're gaining and having better relationships with clients and prospects?
2: How can you measure it? Yeah. Well, again, I, th- I think we were talking earlier about um, you know if you're having a crap day, what can you do? So this the answer relates to that, right? So the way I measure it is if I'm having a crap day, right? I've got forty people, so maybe twenty candidates, twenty clients that I can just call. Right, I know they'll answer. They'll see Jay Kune ringing. They'll answer it. All right, and we'll just have a great chat. Okay, and it, it picks me up no end. So I think hopefully that kind of answers Yeah, yeah yeah.
0: In a way. Okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense because it's it's more than a recruitment relation. Like it's it's a, do you know what I mean? It's a bit more than oh who's this guy calling me just about a job? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure
2: I'm sure I'm sure they're also thinking that at the same <laughs> yeah they normally are to say what the hell do you want now what do yeah. you want from me and it's like ah,
0: it's not that so, so 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 a common challenge is she that people are can get caught up a bit early on or get caught up in that whack wallet bang of right i want a job that's what this me rather than thinking long-term longevity sustainable relationships with clients can they
2: yeah potentially and i think you know sometimes people try and over complicate what the job is um i don't think you need to do that um there's loads of different approaches into BD, isn't there? and then i think you've just got to find the one that doesn't always necessarily feel right initially but works best for you so i've i'm a uh, yeah i'm a big advocate of the honesty route i quite like the honesty route um and it's it's won me lots of lots of clients
0: what do you mean by the honesty route?
2: so i i just talk about the reason why they're in um I, you know there's there's the whole references for me that Kind of comes into the honesty route. So I know you know this person. I did. I know them too. This is what we've done. I'd like to do that with you. Type thing. Have you want to spin it really? It's um, a mm. very very strong Honest way. Honest direct. Like this. Absolutely. Like the and it's when it comes to BD calls. I know yeah ninety percent of the time people don't that that BD call. I, I get it. Isn't it so much better if you just go and do some sort of warm reference call, something like that, where you just spark a very honest and easy conversation and build out mm. from there
0: yeah I like so, wrong this mm. no I was just I was having this conversation today with um a business owner saying that even like in the current period right now like just think there's just so much opportunity on in gaining leads on the on the reference inside and I know it's like a proper classic like training thing like yeah like you can get a reference and gain leads or whatever but, like, when you're saying that, Jay, just add a bit of context to that. I know it sounds really simple and basic, but people really like when you're talking a bit more detail on the basic stuff. But when you say gaining leads or successful BD, being honest on the in front, are you just talking about literally you're doing that when you've placed someone, or do you know what I mean? Like, what's what just give add a bit of context and a bit of detail to that? Because I just think people listening will just get, get quite a bit of value out of that.
2: Yeah, look, I think every every situation is very different. So I can't give you like a, a silver bullet answer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, but I guess kind of a good example is let's say you're speaking to, it It doesn't really matter what your market is, but for me, let's say it's a front end developer. Cool, yeah. Right? So I'll give that person a call. I would find some sort of commonality between me and that person. So maybe it's a business they previously worked for. Maybe yeah. it's a tech meetup that they go to. Maybe they're into football. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. I find some sort of commonality from that. And from there, I will find a link. Um, and it's normally from a business that they worked for previously uh, in that particular example. And then at that point, I will say, okay, well, I trust my network to be good enough to know at least someone that's worked there, particularly in Manchester. Yeah. Um, And then I'll talk about that person. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. So, do you know he showed me? Yeah. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's a bit funny, man. Isn't he? And we'll <laughs> go down that. We'll go down that. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, and start building that rapport. Okay. Um, and I think there's if there's one thing you should always remember, right, that front end dev you're talking to right now, all right, that person might be a seven, eight grand fee and, and that's it. Okay, cool. But in three, four years' time, maybe less, that person might be a lead front-end dev. They might be a head of development, head of, head of engineering, CTO, yeah. start their own company. So that's why it's so important.
0: That's the relationship part, right, and having that mentality, yeah. Absolutely. And then, and then a couple of other things I want to ask before we finish, Jay, but just on this point, you've worked with different people, seen different people, managed different people common common pitfalls in recruiters that you you think common pitfalls you see in recruiters that you think prevent them from taking their performance to the next level
2: mm, yeah so it it depends what level we're talking about i think if you're talking at a more junior grad level um i think it's when they truly actually want to do the job yeah and what i mean by that is understand the motivations for why they're doing it So that's sometimes a bit of a pitfall. How many times have you seen it that maybe three to six months people drop out because they realize they don't actually want to work that hard for that money? Yeah. So that's probably the first thing. Um, And I think probably the big thing I've seen in more experienced people is that aptitude or willingness to learn. Mm. uh, I have had the pleasure of managing some very, very diverse people in my time. And the commonality or the common trait is normally around that openness to learn because um, i don't like being told they're wrong i, I don't like being told i'm wrong of course not but um i've seen people grow from 100k billers to you know three maybe 400k billers just because they're taking on a little bit of advice which normally they wouldn't be so much open to mm. so you i mean i think i said it at the start you know when when i took that into role it's an RD I, I knew that I'm not going to be amazing at this I know that I'm going to need help and I think as long as you can be accepted that you're not the greatest you're not the best and you are going to need help it's going to be beneficial
0: yeah no, I like that so just, just two more things that I just wanted to chat to you about Joe before we finish so obviously back to sort of a big motivator for you being want to learn more about recruitment retained these types of things have you done that have you been winning more retained? Imagine if I said no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, of course. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's just talk about this for a sec. Going from where you was mm. to getting more involved and learning more about it, winning it, pitching it. Mm. What What's the sort of main sort of difference that you had to overcome or understand or, do you know what I mean, to to start winning more retained work? Because I think like I, I work with someone um, who helps recruiters win more retained work, and I've got a bit of an insight into the sort of common challenges or misconceptions that recruiters have on going from contingent to winning retained, if that's not fully believing that there's a difference or not fully d- d- believing that they can deliver or whatever. So what were some of the things that you learned or had to overcome or change slightly in terms of mentally or the way you thought about things that helped you transition?
2: Yeah, well, obviously not doing it before. I had to learn that recruitment wasn't just, you know, contingent-based perm stuff like right? that. Was yeah, because yeah, yeah that's
0: fair because yeah, you had nothing else to compare it to. It's,
2: it's very, very different. Yeah, and um, so I'd say the key thing is just mindset. You need to change your mindset. You need to be a lot more open to different solutions. You need to know that not one glove fits all. Um, so I think the key thing is as well because it's a self-belief thing as well with with um, with your mindset. You need to truly value your what you bring uh, to the table absolutely like most a lot of recruiters i talk to they don't actually value themselves i know you mean i
0: know you mean like
2: and i've been there right i i remember you yeah, again early days if i'm honest you maybe even a few years ago i used to think if i if i I was a director of a company would would i use would i use an agency and i used to think nah probably not and that's just ridiculous like yep. You have to truly, you have to, and I learned that, right? And you have to truly understand the actual value that you're bringing here. Um, so I'd say that was probably the, the biggest thing that and I had to, have to get your head about. around. Yeah, absolutely. And do you know what? Once I've learned these things, I then have to kind of present this to my team. And, you know, there's, there's, there's been quite a few retainers, won, quite a few retainers one since we've started doing this training. Um, so, it, like I say, all it is is mindset. Like if you don't ask the question, you're never going to get the result. Just ask yeah, the question. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. Oh, you, you you get it on a contingent basis. Nightmare. That's what you would have got anyway. Worst case. So, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Okay. Now that's interesting. And then brand.
1: Mm.
0: How much has that actually helped Jay Gune, the bill the billing manager? i mean how do you evaluate that i don't i think
2: (laughs) i i i I would say from a from a psychological perspective right when i joined digital gurus i thought i've got this wicked brand behind me do you know what everyone's gonna want to work with me that was my mindset um and and it worked all right now was it down to the brand i don't know (laughs) i think it certainly would have helped um but yeah i mean forget what the actual outward facing branding is right if you think you're the bee's knees because of your brand then that's the most important yeah people can because you're just going like, yeah absolutely it's, it's then how you then go and approach people you know but did, did, did,
0: did having that company brand and you being confident in it then i don't know did you find it have an impact on opening up accounts or speaking to people or like did it did it help you in that sense
2: I felt it did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I can't say for sure that that's the reason why, but it, it made me feel like it did, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of businesses now talk about events as being dead in the recruitment world. Like, oh, nah, that's definitely wrong. Done. Mate, it's so wrong. Like, it's, it's such Can a hard thing Did you do events before into. Oscar? No. No, it's something. I think it's something we looked into, but it just it didn't really fit with what we were doing. The how has that helped
0: you then? Because uh, you're completely right. I've I've had quite a few people talk about the impact of running events, hosting events that sort of are valuable to their niche, and I think it'd be it is really easy for recruiters to go, nah, nah, they've been done. No way. Like, yes, what? 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 what how did it help you?
2: So. Although the name of the brand helps, right? Having a meetup group, it's called Digital North. Um, it's its probably one of, if not the most popular, tech meetup groups in Manchester. Okay. Right? Now, that's an amazing you know, strap line in itself. Yeah,
1: that that's right.
2: But I think the beauty behind it is, is no one really knows or no one really cares that we're a recruiting business behind it that's running it. And because we do not talk about recruitment, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, yeah, events we use that for BD." Mm, no, and 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 that's probably why our event does so well, and why we've got such a good name attached to us, because we're not what they think is salesy. So, okay. Yeah,
0: I don't know if that answers your question. <laughs> I mean, I, no, 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 it does. I think, I mean, for me, the conversations that I've had, Jay, and I hopefully agree, you won't disagree. I know what you're saying in terms of we don't talk about recruitment. It's not all about get sort of e- developers in a room and then we try and get as many business cards as possible. But what, what it does mean is that you can ring 15 of your target clients and say, look, my name's Jay Gune, I work for Digital Gurus. I'm not trying to speak to you about your hiring requirements. I want to talk to you about Digital North all right okay yeah tell me a bit more yeah like how open you be to being a speaker we've got 100 developers on the come in the room and talk about diversity in 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 digital yeah i'll be open to that jay like i think the the main benefit that from the conversations i have and why i think it's so powerful is that you can speak to people and build relationships and lead without recruitment
2: yeah and i I think that's a very important point actually like i think we can sometimes look at recruitment in the very kind of like a bit of tunnel vision like recruitment is part of a much, much, much bigger picture, yeah. So, I think you have to remember that when you're trying to approach clients, and mm. uh, in you know, some instances, and you know, I've absolutely won business off the back of these events, absolutely. Um, but it's also good from a, um, I guess, account development perspective because you're also putting your current clients up on the stage, putting them into debates, <laughs> into yeah, yeah, situations yeah. But, where they might get absolutely, Right again, so back to
0: relationships, back to, yeah, 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 okay. So Jay, what what's um so all this experience, this journey, what 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 have been what's been the sort of toughest challenge for you over the last four to eight weeks, mate? In the last at four oh, right, I was going yeah, to eight, right? gonna say four to
2: eight years, right? Um, perhaps, no,
0: yeah. Well, like, obviously, look, we can obviously had your your um little man banging on the door. Like, what what's uh, what, um, what's what's been tough for you over the last four or eight weeks, mate? For you personally? Yeah,
2: me personally. Look, I'm I'm a people person at the end of the day. Um, you know, I I need to be around people. Um, I love my team. I love to see them grow. I love to, you know, see them hit their targets. No, it's not quite.
0: It's not quite the same through the screen, is it? <laughs> it's it's
2: not. It's not. You know, it's obviously we've already had the relationship before we see each other on a screen. Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. But yeah, it's it just takes it just takes something away from you a little bit, doesn't it? And um, you know, sometimes a bit of FaceTime with a client, a bit of FaceTime with a prospect gets things over the line. And I think not being able to do that um, presents some challenges, absolutely. But generally, yeah, it's it's just getting that FaceTime with people. Um, This is good, you know, video. You know, we do, what, a minimum of two team chats a day. Um, We do a kickoff, then the catch-up, and then we do individual um, Zoom calls as well. So we do get a lot of FaceTime. I think it's very important just from a mental health perspective. But ultimately, there's nothing better than, you know, air.
0: Yeah. And I field and just being able to, to, to walk around. How um, um how have you a bit a big challenge from from a management perspective in, in this period has been like yeah, keeping their teams motivated. It's it's just a bit different, isn't it? How how have you gone about that? So you just mentioned that you have certain touch points per day or every couple of days of your team, but have you done anything that you found being quite effective or found that sort of helped keep the morale or motivation high with your team?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, there's only so much you can do, um, but you know, we have incentives that that run. So I think was it last Friday? Um, we deliver some pizza to someone at one. Hey. Uh, a quiz, uh-huh. little yeah, you know, little things like that. Unfortunately, I can't send you to uh, to Nando's at the minute, but you know, Domino's will I'm sure will hit the spot. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think just just things like that, understanding people's situations again. Um, again, I referred to this at the start. Everyone's different. So yeah. I've I've got a couple of people that honestly are absolutely fine, and they're embracing working from home, and they're loving it. I've got other people that are really struggling, and and it's just you, you have to treat them a bit differently. Yeah, um, you know, there's there's always offers of support from me. You know, I'm happy to go out, get the shopping, go deliver it for them. No issues. Um, but yeah, I think you're somewhat limited in terms of what you can and cannot do.
0: And what how how do you think this period is going to impact recruiters recruitment as a whole, Jay? What do you think about that? Obviously you've been in the industry for a while. As we start bouncing back out of this, what, how do you, obviously no one knows, but how, what sort of opportunities or how do you think about the future of Jay, the recruiter and what the opportunities are in the industry?
2: Well, oh, that's a big question. Um, I think for the industry, it's going to become a lot more flexible. Um, but in the right way because i'm a massive believer in no we all need to be here at half eight for this kickoff meeting um and we've got this incentive right we all need to be here together to do that but <clears throat> yeah we're a relatively flexible business anyway but i think moving forward we're going to see a lot more recruiting businesses enable their staff to work w- more remotely yeah um, i know a lot of ceos and mds are very kind of <laughs> i guess worried and maybe paranoid about the data on their on their databases some potential issues but do you know what we've had what three months of it now two three months of it yeah i think they might have come around to it so i think we'll probably see a bit of a difference from that perspective um again you alluded to it earlier you know my little man's just banging on the door like he's the police a minute ago. <laughs> right Yeah, you know, i think i think i think people are going to be a lot more accepting of you know you've, you've got things going on at home you can still have a serious business call you know, i'm sat here with a shirt that's half open and you know, <laughs> i mean i can't believe you've not mentioned my hair yet <laughs> um but these you know these are, i think people are going to become a lot more understanding um <laughs> so you know Look, I think there's definitely a time and a place to wear a three-piece suit. Okay. I love putting on a three-piece suit, but I think people and businesses are going to become a lot more relaxed purely mm. because of this. We've all seen each other at our worst now. That's yeah.
0: fine. No, oh, yeah. It's going to be interesting. Um, mm. So look, Jay, two last questions. Firstly, what, what's Jay most excited about sort of after COVID? What are you most excited to do? Most excited to see? I don't know. What are you most excited about um, after COVID, mate? Well, look, you know what? We've we've been doing quite well
2: during this COVID period. You know, we, we work in technology, which is still, I won't call it a booming industry, but it's a very, very strong industry right now. Um, so with that, figures are good. So when we come out of this, I dare say there'll be some reinvestment. Let's grow the team. Let's let's go to different places. Let's check out new markets. Um, so for us, the future is extremely bright. And there's been a lot of things that we've learned um, about each other in this time. So again, this is going to help with... Not so much promotions, but understanding where people fit within a business. So, I, for me, I've only seen a lot of benefits coming out of this. But I think if you're talking about an in industry, I, th- I think you know, contract recruitment is going to go through the roof when, when people start hiring again. Because potentially, they might, why? Because I don't think they'll take the risk on maybe taking permanent employees. Really? That's, yeah, so it's just what I think. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think there'll be a bit of a kick in the contract market um initially but we need your reaction hopefully because okay. uh, there's not too much going around right now um but yeah i i think good things are going to happen and i think just with the whole working from home situation like I, I, don't, I don't know if you've done tech recruitment but one of the biggest and most annoying things that you hear from, from, uh, from an employing business is sorry we've got no flexibility you can't work from home it's like how, yeah, how can yeah, a developer yeah. not work from
0: ah, yeah that was one of the biggest that was one of the biggest frustrations wasn't it for a lot of tech yeah. professionals yeah
2: so so now there's no excuse for it if yeah you mrs clients you're going to have to <laughs> adhere to it yeah. so i think i think now that they've experienced it and they've been forced into it that's going to now enable us to say look, you need to give a bit more flexibility to yeah
0: yeah. Things. it's forced people's hands isn't it um Absolutely. last question can answer it with a phrase, a word, a sentence, whatever comes up, Jay. But if Jay Gune could communicate to every single recruit out there, they'd listen, they'd implement your advice. What 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 would you say to the people?
2: <laughs> could have prepped me on that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I, look, I would say look, times right now are they're, they're different. Yeah, they they present different challenges. Just adapt to it. Be open to different ways of working. Um, continue to grow your relationships. And I think that is a recipe for you to come out this other side and be a much better recruiter. Um, stay motivated. Remember why you're doing this job. You're going to have your shit days. That's fine. We all have them. But remember, there are things you can do that can pick you straight back up again. Go and call those 10 clients that you have a laugh with. Go and call Hisham. Right? Have a laugh with him. Call me. I don't care. Right? And then get back on that get back on that boat and you go again. That's what I say. Always remember that end goal.
0: Jay, it's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you. No, thanks for the invite, mate. Pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. I really want to ensure this podcast remains valuable and relevant for all of you. If you have topics or questions you would love me to cover with future guests, then please get in touch with me best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Just search Hesham and drop me a message. I would love to hear from you. Finally, if you have two minutes, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave an honest review for the podcast. It will simply mean that I can reach more people with this podcast. You can easily leave a review for the podcast by clicking the link in the episode notes or by going to ratethispodcast.com forward slash rollercoaster Thank you again for listening.